with the new PC it's weird I, I basically was like new PC arrived no more random restarts can finally run everything and I got it all set up and all the rest it was mostly assembled when I arrived just to move a graphics card into it yep um, and then immediately downloaded games that are like Seven, five and seven years old I'd be like yay and it's like and I'm sitting there and I'm playing one of them and I'm like I have a ridiculously powerful machine beside me and I'm using it for fucking nothing this is so <laughs> stupid like yeah that's fair but, uh, I uh, I was at a, a six year old's birthday party yesterday and the, the uh, I went and we stood out in the front garden and like the kids I was about to ask how no, do you pull that off yeah, yeah so the kids and uh, the, the parents gave us staggered time so we were there four till five and some and like one other couple and then we just go away and some other things came along so the kid was ecstatic he got three cakes because he had to have a cake in the morning that he could like blow the cans and everything and then someone else brought a cake and then everything so he's he had a rolling birthday over the entire day uh, but I was going to say do you know who doesn't know the social distance six year olds <laughs> It was like, oh Lego, let's play with it right now. And I was like, no. I was like, high five. I was like, no. They're actually kids are actually very good. They 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 normalize stuff very quickly. Uh, but one of them got a switch. Yeah, because it's their their parent tells them it, and they just accept it as gospel. Yeah, as long as everybody's cool, they they'll just join it. But they like one of them has a switch and is playing Mario Kart, Minecraft, and something else on it. Uh, and I was just lo- like looking at it, going, "You're all playing games that are older than you." I was like, "There has to be a new game out." That you're in any way interested in, other than Mario Kart Eight and Minecraft, it's like no, that's what we're playing. I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Like Portal Two, as it was, uh, I saw on a tweet yesterday. Portal Two is nine years old yesterday. Really? Yeah. Oh. Portal One came out in two thousand nine. That's insane. I. I remember playing that up on a projector screen, like calling my mum in to show her. And she was like, this is some Looney Tunes shit. I've seen Bugs Bunny do this before. I was like, yeah, but now I'm doing it. <laughs> She's not impressed. She was like, computers can do anything. I was like, no, but now, but, but now I'm doing it. But this is me. Yeah. The, um, what was it? The, I, I saw something the other day. I read something online um, that I would encourage any parent out there listening uh, to facilitate and make happen is you train your kid when you're out in public if they see someone not wearing a mask to say very loudly mammy why isn't that person wearing a mask am i going to die now (laughs) oh that's great which i fucking love because all of these fucking idiots i don't have to wear a mask particularly in america and america and england Oh, anyway, they they they're all these people who think it's like not real sunplay to me. It's like there's a part of me, and it's horrible, and I shouldn't say it, but there's a part of me that says you're not going to die from it, but someone you care about is going to die, and I'm going to feel great that it's happened to you. Uh yes, I've had exactly because that, that is the harshest lesson. Yeah. I've had exactly that showed in Freud where if somebody goes to me, it's no worse than the flu. I was like, ah, you're fucking going to kill your granny. You know that. You are going to be the one at the funeral being like, there's nothing we could have done. And I was like, I need you to recognize what's happened here. Yeah. It's just one of my mates, uh, his conservative estimate is that America will end up killing off 1% of its population with this, which would be 3 million people. Yeah. Um, that's just that as, as a, a ballpark, that's where he reckons it's going to come down to. It's just, it's, it's insane. And I hate people who think, oh, well, like, they lifted the lockdown or whatever it's called where you're living. So that means it's all good, yeah? No. <laughs> no, not at all. Keep your fucking mask on. Only great if you need to. I I am, like, I will find any excuse to outdoor, go outdoors usually. I, even I am sitting in the house buying vitamin D tablets being like, no, nah, I might just not see the sun for a while and that's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I did do that when I went to the store uh, the start of the week, which was my first time leaving the house in three weeks. Uh, other than to like go downstairs to drop rubbish off in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> like, other than that, I just hadn't. And I, I go into the store. I assume you do. I assume like, you drop the rubbish off like uh, Kevin McAllister. You're like afraid of the basement. You like throw it and run back up the stairs. <laughs> just got, every time I get like two black sacks, I just go down and dump them all and then come back up. Um, <laughs> But I was, uh, I'm usually not awake either. 
the amount of times I've gone down and forgotten my pass to using the lift and yep. they have to ask on the security and I was like, I'm gonna They're like, You're meant to keep this on you and it's like it's in my wallet. Why do I need my wallet when I'm going to the basement? <laughs> and they're like, You need to keep this on you. I'm like, All right, sorry. All those basement transactions that you're doing. And <laughs> uh, no. um, but but I went in and I was like, Okay, I need supplies. So I grabbed some like I grabbed some frozen meals and I grabbed some stuff to throw in the fridge. And I grabbed a ton of noodles just for like the cooked noodles, but just for like when I want a snack. Yep. Because it's just, you know, it's rather than making sandwiches all the time or whatever else, it's like, let's make one of them, keep me going. And I walk out and I look at, like, I walk out of the thing to the supermarket after buying everything. And I stop and I turn at 180 and I look at it again as if I'm like, I've forgotten something. And I take out my phone, I have like a shopping list, and I look at it and I'm like, no, there's nothing there. And I open the bags and I look in. <laughs> dawns on me and directly opposite there's the the supermarket there's a pharmacy and I go in and I'm like uh, multivitamins I yeah. definitely need multivitamins yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I am I am not eating healthy right now <laughs> and I know that for a fact <laughs> do you hear so. Glenn do you hear Glenn and sick is it COVID no it's scurvy <laughs> yeah. scurvy yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, your first case of gout on it from just ordering all that takeaway but uh yeah so I was just like yeah okay multivitamins please and your woman's like Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's just it's it's just having to make that conscious decision because I'm like, I looked into the thing and everything is like microwavable or just add water, and I'm like, I should probably get something healthy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. It's just fuel to keep the body going. <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever. There was that one episode of MythBusters where they were doing the the NASCAR style uh, uh, endurance race where they just had to keep racing and keep racing. And like Adam, the the more human of the two, just bought a lot of energy bars and like stuff like that. And uh, oh, what do you call the other lad? Uh, Jamie made a, a slurry of everything he would eat that day into plastic bags that he could cut a corner off and just suck it out of the bag. And you just look at him going, "Why did you? What? What? In, in what way was this better?" For it you? is. It is. It is fuel to keep the body. The body. The body. Is just there to keep the brain going, and you just need fuel to keep the body going. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's why people like me exist, fat bastards who just sit there and be like, "Great, I'd love to get in shape," but at the same time, that's not mentally stimulating it, or or rewarding in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not gonna bother. If anyone is new to the podcast and has never seen an image of us, uh, Glennon is Krang. He is just a head with a face. <laughs> it's just a brain with a face. Yeah, straight <laughs> And his body is just pure locomotion. <laughs> uh, speaking so, of that. so basically, what no, what it is is you take a normal person, and a normal a, a normal person with blondish blondish brown hair and a beard, and then you stretch them up, and that's Johnny, or you stretch them out, and that's me, <laughs> and that's it. That's the only difference. So. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> We'll get, we'll get into format a wee bit, I think. Hang on. Uh, hi, I'm Johnny Lynch. That's Glennon. And we're here to examine how tropes bleed across movies, TV shows, and video games. Welcome to Dystropia. And I believe it is your turn. Yeah. No, I was, I, was, I was the last one. Were you the last one? What was the last, what was the last episode about? I think I was the last one. Was I not the last one? So everything's run together for me. Literally, I got a knock on the door yeah, today. Yeah, that's the thing. And some Time has no meaning some post arrived today and it is Sunday when we were recording this and I genuinely had like some real existential dread about what fucking day is it there's no post on a Sunday so clearly everyone's uh, everyone's just fucking vamping it at the moment time is meaningless that has to be my one no? it, it was yeah yeah because the one before it was bad breakups which is me so yeah the Mary Sue one I actually scored incredibly low on that by the way did you? Talk about it, and I scored incredibly low I am not a Mary Sue <laughs> I didn't redo it to see if anything had changed, but yes, I do remember the last thing. Now I remember, like, absolutely, if there was any room for interpretation, I absolutely gave myself the point for everything. The, the, there is one that we need to get uh, Lilas back on for. Go on. Because at one point we were talking about... Um, Predictions. We did an episode with him. Oh, no, not even that. We were doing an episode and we, met, and we talked about, at that time, not at the, as unyet released, eighth season of Game of Thrones... Yep. Uh, the Avengers. Yep. Um, Infinity War films, and I just and we were like, man, it'll be mad to see how they turn out. 
And uh, (laughs) for at least one of them. Yeah, you nailed the Avengers, I think. My prediction for Game of Thrones, I don't know if I was right or not, that the knowledge broker dude, the spider, Valerius? No, I can't think of his name. I, in my mind, I was like, finally reveal him as a as a mermaid. And everyone was looking at me, I was like, yeah. hey, if it, if I'm right, I'm going to look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um... Yeah, no, just it, it, it's I, I, I did go back and check it. And I remember that I got most of the stuff right about what would happen. Yep. At the end. Um, with with Iron Man being the one to click the fingers and stuff like that, I they did they didn't do the line which I thought they were gonna do, which is that he would be the one to say with great power comes great responsibility to Spider Man. Yeah, um, yeah, because no, because the first one was out, so we'd seen the snap, but we hadn't seen the 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 second one at that point. Yeah, the fourth one realistically, um, the. Yeah, actually, yeah, there's something I'd like to talk about. I'd be interested in. And I don't think we've done it. I think I've complained about it, but that's not the same. Um, America. Nah. <laughs> nah. Hang on. Yeah, okay. Uh, remakes. Have we talked about remakes properly? <sighs> Maybe like in the real early days, but I don't know. We did a, a reboots one. We did spiritual sequels. Uh, yeah, we did one where I was arguing that the Vacation movie, the National Lampoon's Vacation, was a good remake, a good reboot, and a good sequel uh, all in one. But we never literally did a remakes one, so go on. What is, well, no, what? if we did re- reboot, is a remake. I mean, that's it's usually like that. that's the... It's the same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If you have any ideas, jump in. I'm, my brain is fried here. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> I, uh, one of the things I, I'd love to talk about is just headcanon, because I find I'm like watching loads and loads of things. Go for it. And, Let's my, that and my mind is just drifting between them. And I'm like watching old episodes of stuff, watching new stuff, uh, and like jumping between loads of different things. And I've started watching, started watching loads of things that have the people from Arrested Development in it. And my head is just basically saying, "All right, assuming after season two, this is just what everybody from Arrested Development went to do." So I'm watching Better Off Ted, and Portia De La Rossi is in it as the CEO of the company, and it's really, really entertaining for me to, but just believe she eventually grew into her mum and became just this powerful, no nonsense woman who, when it boils down to it, is kind of insane. <laughs> and, uh, like, she just has to be the best at everything. And, uh, like, there's a bit where her and one of the other... If you haven't seen Better Off Ted, it's one where it's set in, like, a big office building where they've got this crazy R&D department. And every episode is nearly like a monster of the week where they've got something they need to make. So, like, this week it's a jetpack. Next week it's, like, self-replicating moss to feed astronauts. And the the experiment always gets out of hand, but it's about the people, like, the QA testers... The, the marketing people who have to sell it and everything like that. So the, the craziness in the lab nearly doesn't matter. It's what everybody, like if they make a plate that bursts into flames, they're like, well, that's not what we wanted, but can we sell it? Like, is that cooks the food for okay. you? Like, what's yeah, yeah. like, is there a way to sell this? Um, and my favorite is just the boss, Veronica, just being insane in every episode. And it's like, hey, we could, we could be friends, Veronica. Maybe you could open up to me. Okay. Um, I used to feed my sister when she was asleep because I couldn't, uh, couldn't, fa- couldn't deal with her being skinnier than me. And you're like, oh my god, you absolute maniac! <laughs> I just will always say something insane, or like one of the lads has to work in her office because he can't go back to his own office, so he's just there on the laptop typing away. And she gets angry and just takes out a gun and fires it into the couch. And she's like, Ted, I can't have you flinching every time I fire a gun in here. So it is It is exactly that kind of madness. It feels a lot like the IT crowd, actually, if people are looking for a recommendation. Um, Not written by a monstrous transphobic asshole, though, right? No, that is, that's a horrible thing when, that, when you get that fall from grace. I think, <laughs> was it um, 
Robert Brockway was saying that once someone records a good song or does a good uh, movie, you should basically say you you have to keep doing that. And as soon as you do one bad one, we kill you. We just execute you because your body of work has to be able to stand its own. And every day that someone else is alive, they just trend towards becoming a monster. It's like the Doug Tenable thing that I pointed out the other day. The one? Which one? The the guy who created Earthworm Jim. Is yes. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Fucking, yeah, yeah. An idiot, to put it lightly. Mm. And, yeah, yeah m- massive homophobe, too. Yikes. Which which is weird, because I always got really, like, gay vibes off Bob the Killer Goldfish. <laughs> yeah, there was some real nice gender fuck stuff going on in that, and, like, playing with, na- like, normal roles and, like, how people mm-hmm. are portrayed. What was the princess called? Princess What's-Her-Face. Princess What's-Her-Face. That's a real, like, like, Characters or female characters don't get a fucking proper like get a proper shake in in media and stuff. Like, so like that 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 was a, that was a stab at Chuck Lorre before Chuck Lorre became big. Yeah, that is fair. Because <laughs> his female characters never have uh, surnames. No, I did, like to the point that they say the full name of Amy Farrah Fowler every time, as if to make a point of it. Like, look, look, she has one, and you're like, that's one. That does that's fucking proves the rule of anything. Yeah, it's um. But yeah, the headcanon, I mean, like, there's, I think we we, we did it in, like, fan theories briefly, mm. that my um, my belief that Event Horizon is a secret Warhammer 40,000 film, yeah. just because it's, like, the alternate dimension. Yeah. But, like, with inside existing films, the, I, I actually, I love the idea, and it's something that, like, it's... It, it's come up once and it doesn't hold up too well, but I love the idea that in Lord of the Rings, Gandalf doesn't know magic. I've heard this that he's a fighter, not a wizard. But no, but it's it's like the like the stuff that, like the only thing he does that could be considered magical at any point, okay, is he blows smoke that's in the specific shape, right, or the top of his break- staff lights up. Sorry, you're breaking up. Say it again. So the only thing that he says that can be considered magical yep. is that he he blows smoke and it's in the shape of a ship or yep. the top of a staff lights up. And other yep. than that, the third one, which you could say is magic, but I, I think is a movie uh, fluff, is when they ride up to the gates of Mordor and the gates open and the army pours out and all of them are on foot and there's not a horse in sight. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Gandalf is essentially... he Like... I, per- I I believe that he found a stick that he that the top glows when he presses a button on it, but I don't think he's magical. Uh, I putting it into D and D terms, I've heard people like just freeze framing bits of the movie. And it's like, I mean, he's producing light, but that could be the staff. Like the staff could be magical. That could be that's the point. Fighting. And there's a bit where he's holding a staff on a sword and he's like rattling them, and he's like, he's jewel wielding. No wizard yeah. can jewel wield two weapons. What's happening? Yeah, actually, he acts more like a ranger. Because he, he talks to actually. animals. Yep. So, like, it's... I mean, he's anything but... He might have one level in wizardry. That's it. Yeah. At, at most. I Does he ever produce a book at any point? Does he ever have, like, materials or anything? He just seems to... No. He is... Actually, there's, actually, there's actually a bit in the films that reinforces that it's not him, it's the staff. There's the fight with Saruman. And they're, yeah. like thrusting at each other with their staffs and then once Saruman gets ha. the staff <laughs> off of him <laughs> he can't beat yeah. him yeah so yeah Gandalf's not a wizard that's I love that idea I love the idea that Gandalf is just spoofed it the whole way because it's brilliant if if you were a certain class in D&D the best thing you could be isn't like I'll pretend to be a guard I'll pretend to be that it's pretend to be the opposite on the colour wheel of your class if you're a fighter <laughs> pretend to be a wizard they're going to come at you with counter spells and you're like, I'm going to fucking stab you when it comes out to it. It's, it's that, that one I read of the, the guy who played an orc rogue and rather than <laughs> take points in stealth or anything like that, he just put all his skills into intimidate. Yep. And whenever a guard looked at him, he'd just do an intimidate check and shout, you know, see Krog. And they'd be like, okay, I don't see it. <laughs> and he just keeps walking. So, ah, you're breaking up again. Yeah. Should be right. What's going on there? Uh, but yeah. Um, I'm playing a game. I just, with, I just love that idea. It's such a good idea. I'm playing a game with Leela's friend of the show and Clive, friend of the show. 
at the moment. And we were playing there like, we've got a ranger, we've got a wizard, we've got a rogue. Uh, and they all arrive at the, the gates of this maze. And the rogue is an Arakokra, so he can fly. He's a bird person. Uh, so his job is to fly above the maze and direct the other guys through. And there are th- four ghosts in the maze that if they touch them, take some health and puts them back to the start. And they slowly realized they were playing Pac-Man, <laughs> which was very entertaining for me. <laughs> what was their reaction? Oh, they ju- they really liked that. They- there was a whole bunch of different things. I also had it that like the- in the maze, there were statues with words written on them in Oron, in like the bird language. And they had to shout up what they found to the, the rogue so he could translate. But I had written them all out as Kakra, Kakra, Kra, Kakra, Kudaloodle Do, Chachi Chachi. Like every single phrase was a random bird call. So they had to be shouting up to him going, It says Kakra. And he says, No, but what on what syllable is the emphasis? Because that matters. <laughs> and the, the rogue dude had a full table that I'd given him of all these phrases, like a handy phrase book. So he's like, it's either love or fire. And he's like, okay, well, set the fucker on fire. And like, it's like, didn't work. All right, well, then kiss the statue. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it was super fun. That That's, was, yeah. That, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do one big set piece per session. And then one session that has no set pieces just to see where things go. Cause I'm going to end up railroading if I do just, just set pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the, like, the headcanon in films as well. There's, <laughs> I'm just trying to think that there was the fuck. What's the name? Yeah, the director. But it, like from, so you see it sometimes in writers. Like there's one that I I, uh, I mentioned before, Dan Abnett. Yep. Uh, wrote the Guardians of the Galaxy, and he writes the same two characters into all his stories without realizing it. To right. the point that I said it to Vin. Vince said it to him at a meeting and his response was, oh, fuck, I am doing that, haven't I? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> and we've Tarantino's foot fetish. Yes. But I got to wonder, like, is this, is there like an, un- is this, is that almost, like, are there other directors who do that, that have references with inside their own body of work that it makes it unintentional headcanon or, or like our subconscious headcanon that they're trying to connect everything? Like, other than the foot fetish thing, there's the whole, um, the, all the cigarette brands in Tarantino films the Tarantino are the verse. same. Yeah, but they all and they all link together. Um, we talked yeah. about your man Munch, Detective Munch. But yes. I'm wondering, is yeah, there yeah. like, is there something that's director specific or writer specific? That yeah, I mean, there's obviously visual flourishes and things like that that you always see. Uh, so like you get the Wes Anderson films where they will just there will be a completely symmetrical shot at one point. Oftentimes, with like Owen Wilson or someone dead center of camera, or they'll just be going down a corridor where it is the exact same on both sides, or they'll shoot two doors. I think that's more a cinematographer than than um, than. I don't know. No, I don't know. I mean, that feels like he has a lot of control over that. Like, if you go back and look at the Grand Budapest Hotel, um, the aspect ratio in that constantly changes based on what time period it's in. So the time period, whatever the most common aspect ratio for TV and cinema or for cinema was at that time, is the aspect ratio of the the film. Mm. So it starts off in four to three, and by the end of it, it's in sixteen nine. But it goes through a load of them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, that feels more like something that he has control over. Um, I don't know. There's a there's directors that do that like, um, yeah, the symmetrical framing and the and the um, the slow motion. We've talked as well about actors who do stuff like <laughs> if it's a Tom Hanks movie, he's gonna pee somewhere. <laughs> At some point, he's just gonna find an excuse to pee or directly reference you, right? Tom Cruise will run. Tom Cruise will run. Elite. Yep. The oral fixation. The Brad Brad Pitt's one. He he was uh, he was he says himself he was told that by Robert Redford. Yeah. Um, just trying to think. There's like some obvious like, ones. All the Kevin Smith movies take place clearly in the same universe to the point that like they're referencing, I, they're in the View of Skew universe or whatever it's called. 
Yeah, um, I don't know if that counts though. I mean, that's very. Um, I don't know. Like that. That one's very much like it's a conscious decision because he has this character that he plays mm. and that he puts in. And like he says, he never initially wanted to be in the film, but they just needed somebody to be in the film and play that role. Yeah. And there was also the whole thing of like he specifically like wrote the role of Jay for Jay because he was friends with him and he was like I gotta put this guy in a film because this guy's a head case yeah that's fair so I'm just uh, uh, I don't know if that counts because that's it like it's, it's a conscious choice I'm just wondering if there's any subconscious ones we can spot because the subconscious ones seem to be a bit more kind of I, I, you know like the the, the, the the conscious ones they're going to sit down when they're writing and they're going to look up, they're, they're on their desk and they're at a computer and there's a notice board. There's this image that there's a notice board behind their monitor and it has all the stuff that they have to remember going into this thing on it. Not an yep. outline for the story, but just the shit that they have come up with in their universe. Yeah. And it's like, we, I got to make sure that I have that reference or that reference. So like the new um, the game control. Yep. The new DLC for that specifically references Alan Wake. Yes. Because maybe the same guys. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very specific reference. But I, I like, that's the, the conscious thing. I'm more kind of like, I'm interested in subconscious. I don't think you'll see it too much in gaming. Just because games take so long to make and there's so many people involved um, on the bigger ones. There's one that's the, like, it's a bit more direct as well, is in uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Right. Great game. Um, there's like a recurring sequence because there's no dialogue in it. So there's a recurring sequence that you see happen. Like a recurring cutscene, and it's very uh, evol- revolved around like, um, what would you call it? Uh, like heart and heart attack and stuff like this. And I was like, huh, this is kind of interesting imagery. And then I saw a documentary about it, and I'm like, the main guy who made the game with like six hundred people, he's like, I have a congenital heart defect that could kill me at any moment. And I'm like, okay, well now I- that explains all that imagery. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's not that that's not sense. subtle. That's not subtle in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> but I'm just—I don't know. There's don't this is like, so. Is it like when, like, if you see Kubrick movies, he's just got all his stuff up on the noseboard, but presumably his noseboard is the size of fucking Pinewood Studios because the fucker takes every detail into account. And like, a pivotal scene will happen in a bathroom. It will be Jack Torrance meeting the ghost of. Grady in the bathroom, or it will be uh, Gopher in Full Metal Jacket sitting on the toilet with the rifle, or like just some. There, there seems to be a pivotal scene happening in a bathroom that, as a direct trademark. Be I don't know or if it's a, a if it's a trademark or if it's the fact that he's identifying that when you're in a bathroom, there's usually only one way you're in or out. It's it's harder yeah. to get out of a bathroom than any other room in a building, and it's the most the vulnerable stage you'll be in. Yeah, is like in the bathroom, and it's always a weird looking bathroom. The one in The Shining is red, which is the weirdest. Like it's instantly recognizable as a bathroom, but it's like blood red walls. Um, he'll also do us pan down an empty corridor in every movie, and that's the real kind of like, like the the chilling nature of just like a dead space. Uh, it's a very he shoots it in a weird way where it's not at eye level, he brings it lower. And I I noticed it first in The Shining because it's it's the kind of Danny Torrance level. If he's going around the tricycle, he shoots it from mm. that low angle. And when like the blood comes out of the elevator, uh it's at a low enough angle that like it's it's coming right at you. It doesn't look like it's gonna come at your shins. It looks like it's coming at your face a little bit. Yeah. Uh but like it's the same angle when he sh- when you're in uh the corridor where you see the two little girls it's the same angle as a lot of the sweeping shots around uh, the the boot camp in Full Metal Jacket. Um, and any time else he's kind of introducing a building, he'll do a really mid-level to low shot of like moving along corridors. It just gives a real weird feeling of the space. I, I'm going to say something controversial, potentially controversial. Go on. I don't rate Kubrick's films. I don't think again? they're good. I don't rate Kubrick as a filmmaker. I don't know why you're breaking up so much today. What is going on? Your new PC is terrible and I hate it. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, I got a glance there. Well, <laughs> can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. Um, can can you hear me say, now? I, is a Can you hear me now? Is a line from the Alan Wake because they had to take money from Verizon to keep the project afloat, so they threw in the tagline from Verizon into the middle of the game to get money to keep it going. There's a little fact for you. Remedy. That's a terrible tagline for a fucking for a uh, telecoms company. Yep. Can you hear me now? That's basically going to get your signal somewhat unreliable. Yep. Absolutely. God, Americans are so fucking dense. <laughs> um, You're saying something about Kubrick that I either chose not to I hear or else it I broke d- up. <laughs> I don't rate his films at all. Nah. I do. I just... I just... I watch this stuff and it's like, yeah, it, it's it's good. It's nothing mind-blowing, but it's good. And then people are like, oh, but you don't understand. He made them do the take 57 times. It's like, okay, so it's a good film made by a fucking asshole. Yep. Like, that's, I mean, you know, that just because somebody, like, the guy in charge is a dick doesn't make it good. Yeah. I get, I'm the kind of person who'll go to an art gallery and look at a completely black canvas just to like notice the lack of brush strokes or the like whatever it is, I'm like, huh? The technical like way of doing this is real interesting. Everyone's like, it's a black canvas. I could do that at home. It's like, no, nah, but you didn't do this black canvas. It's 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 different for some reason. I respect that this modern art is modern art is all shite anyway. It is absolutely. Um, it's all shite. I yeah. I don't get it. I people are mm, Jackson Pollock. He's fucking amazing. No, he's shite. <laughs> He his his work is horrendous. I ha- I had I fucking was minding a three year old niece once, and she painted a Jackson Pollock without trying. <laughs> I so. go to I go to the modern art gallery in every city I go to, just if we we knows about to see what the crack is. And it's usually someone's free destroyed a turd, or they've put a big neon sign up that says cunt, or they've done something there, and it's just me going like, ha, cool. <laughs> it's not art though; it's just contrarianism. It is absolutely. And it's it, and and I won't have it. I I went um, to a, a modern art showing in Sligo, and they'd taken all the old. I know the, the face. Just, <laughs> <laughs> they'd taken all the sorry, old. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the cultural, the cultural bastion of Sligo. Hey, know. what Yates Westlife? The list goes on. But, um, Some Westlife are from my estate in Dublin. <laughs> that does not count, right? Uh, They'd taken all the old CDs you used to get free to get you on the internet from like Aircom and AOL and stuff and blown them up and put them on canvases and put them on the walls. I was walking around going, this is great. Like, the, the definition of fine art is that it doesn't have any actual use. I'm like, they have taken use, things that were useless at the time, kept them to the point of all obscurity and uselessness, and then blown them up to a size that they're even more useless. You know you can still get an AOL subscription in America. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like it's just baffling, but um, maybe 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 this maybe this episode doesn't have a theme. Maybe this is just us rambling for a bit. Yeah, that's fine. And just like talking about shit, because <laughs> I honestly like my brain is just like blanked. I've I, I with the new PC and that, and I've basically sunk the last. I started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey from the start again. Yeah, so I've just been like my last like. 60 or 70 hours of free time has just been calling people Malacca and diving off 400 <laughs> foot marble statues with, uh, of a bloke with his lad hanging out. Like, it's that's kind of it. Like, we were, um, I was talking to someone about all the games you could be playing with your kids now in lieu of them going to school. So, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Age of Empires, and Civ would be the history class. Well, so that's the thing the, the last two, Odyssey and Origins, have their tour mode. Yep. Which was actually free last week. It might still be free right now. Yep. Um, don't know if it'll be free when you're listening to it, but anyway. Um, yeah, like, and that was specifically, they were like, man, we're kind of making all this historical stuff. We should probably put it some, like, you know, we could, we could, we could just, like, take all the dudes out and put in, like, a voiceover and be like, this is what yep. this is, and this is the history behind it. We could do Kerbal um, Space Program for physics. What else we got? Oh, God. That, that game, every time I, I see it or hear about it, just reminds me of the like month and a half of lunch breaks in Digit, where Billy was trying to learn, was trying to get a, get a, was trying to land a spaceship on the moon, but refused to read any tutorials or information about the game. <laughs> he was great. just trying to wing it. It's like, sure, okay, best of luck. I think he got as far as getting the guys into the, into outer space. We couldn't make it land, and he's like, all right. 
And at that point in the game's development, they didn't have oxygen on the tanks. So he was, it's like, that guy's still floating out there. Until I update my game, that guy's alive. Oh, like, that's great. Man. There's a... Your man, your man who did XKCD has a book called Thing Explainer, where he just shows very intricate diagrams of things, but only uses the 50,000 most common words in the English language. So he can't use any technical terms. So like okay. it'll be it'll be a picture of the Apollo rockets with a little arrow just going, air goes in here, fuel goes in here, fuel and air comes out here on fire. People live in here. <laughs> this is the nose. It gets to space first. <laughs> and just everything has to be explained in that way. And I like laughed at it at first, but then looked at it and goes, this is actually really useful. <laughs> this is the most useful way to explain something I've got no concept of. <laughs> I mean, that type of stuff, it's like, it, it's, yeah, it's invaluable. But like, without that, it's, yeah. He's like, this is the skin of the ship. If anything happens to this, you're not going to space today. <laughs> it's just skin a... of the ship. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's real, real good stuff. <laughs> I... <laughs> That's just amazing. <laughs> this is the skin of the ship. Uh, on the I same, am... on the same note, uh, your man from um, Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial released a bunch of books, and he released them for free during quarantine for people to to just have something to do. Uh, which were his abridged beyond all use series. So he has science abridged beyond all use. Or the Bible. Oh, where you simplify something now to the yeah. point where it, yeah. But so, that, but that's that's the thing that that was one of the most terrifying things I ever heard was that like uh, one of my mates, um, he was like a year or two ahead of me, and he gets into college and then he comes back and he, I'm like, so how was it? And he's like, so uh, yeah, chemistry was one of them. I'm like, yeah, and it's like, so we were basically told everything we learned in school was simplified to the point of being wrong. Yeah, and I yep. feel terrifyingly out of my element, and I'm like, eh, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember being told that in secondary school where they were trying to do something in science and like, well, what I'm going to teach you is Newtonian physics. And even then, not the full story, but like, if you ever follow up on this, you're, this is going to be, oh shit, I'm a thousand years out of date with this stuff. Maybe not a thousand years, but like I'm hundreds of years out of date with everything I know. I need to be able to quickly like jump ahead and find out everything fucking Einstein and Feynman and everything else that Feynman, everyone else has done since then. Like, I'm learning about the apple falling on the head, and I need to learn about relativity. Yeah, it's... It's kind of worrying, though, that, like... Like, it's one thing for, like, you know, someone who's like, I like history, so I'm going to go study history. Off you go. Yep. I like film, so I'm going to go study film. Excellent. On you yep. go. I like science, so I'm going to go study science. Eh, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's, let's hold up a minute there. So, I don't know. That's, um... Oh, it's just a crazy one. I like those tweets at the moment where it's like, are you just going to believe everything the CDC tells you? And it's like, of course I am. They have $6.5 billion a year to figure out what the fuck they're going to say to us. And then they very carefully say something to us. And it was like, of course, of course I'm going to believe them. Why, why in God's name wouldn't I? Because Fox News told you not to. Yeah. Fucking idiots. I think we do have a thing. Maybe, maybe. Just has me so angry at the moment. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to es um, escapism. Come yeah. and take me away. But like the the best thing you sent me in the last couple of weeks was the reference to the uh, last week tonight thing, where they're finally yes. getting on getting on board with the thing that you've been selling people on for years and years and years, which is yes. the marble runs. Yeah, those marble runs. They're all available on on the YouTube's YouTube. and. No, there's no way to describe it. Like you, it's, it's a high concept. You put, you get a, five or six little marbles. You put them in a, a track. The track is real intricate. Whoever made it spent a lot of time on it, or they have them doing. It's Yeah, it's, it's one guy, and then yeah. there's another guy who does the the commentary. But it's one guy. But you, you just the the marbles go round. You pick which one you're up for, or whatever, and that's it. And the oh intensity and investment you feel as soon as it starts. I was watching as. Marble Olympics again, which I've watched all of before. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember like holding in my hands going, oh, these, these fucking Midnight Wisps haven't got a chance this year. Their head's not in the game. You just, you put so much agency on, on these 
round pieces of glass. Yeah. And that's it. And and it's just, it's insane. But at the same time, it's so good to watch. So my oh. dad, my dad uh, used to run a, a, like a charity night thing where they would do horse, uh, horse racing. And they basically would put up something up on a big screen in a pub. Everyone would pay in money, all goes to charity at the end. Uh, and like what he would do is just get someone to find a real obscure race that like it's already been run doesn't matter like it actually doesn't matter what the results are it's just there for the night and it could be in like Botswana it could be absolutely anywhere he just needs a race that nobody would have seen before uh, yeah. and somebody told him that you can get the virtual ones and like in fact they're taking off now uh, at the moment and he's like oh perfect I'll just use those so the last one he ran was all the virtual like it was 3D generated horses running the races and I was like you know in Japan they have those but like it takes a weird turn like the a jockey might fall off a horse but then the horse gets up on the jockey's back and they run the rest of the race that way and he's like go on and I was like or, so, <laughs> or the horse turns into a transformer and just does the rest of the race as a truck and he's like why and he's like because people figured out that if, it, if it's all virtual it doesn't matter what the fuck happens you just pick a racer and you it doesn't matter how like it's wacky races and he's like can you get me one of those and i will not tell anyone and we'll do six races and like the fifth one will be one of those and the sixth one will go back to normal and just play it off like it's nothing it's like that's what happened in that race who who even knows that's the thing i think they like what you need to get him to do is you need to get him to do the jealous marble ones get him to take one of the marble olympics yep and then just get up at the start and go, okay, things are a little different this year, and this is how this is going to go. Yeah. And the, you know, the, you was, I think it, it might be a case of people, people should, um, should watch a call. It should be a case of they, they, like, you rather than do it as they bet on the races, but it doesn't matter because all the money goes to charity or whatever. So you buy a table based on a number. Yeah. And then those numbers are randomly given one of the teams to support. Yep. And it's like if your team happens to win, yeah, he you might win a prize. But and like and you can do little spot prizes for each of the oh, the if, the the um the events. If I um, if I showed up and on the table was a little flag saying Raspberry Rollers, and I sat down at that table, I got my pint in, I was sitting there, and it came on the screen. It would be all of eleven seconds before I'm screaming for the raspberry rollers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys! It's I'm an O Rangers man myself. But, you know. <laughs> I'll uh, get you. They they have the the caps and the hats that are like all of the thing. I'll get you an O Rangers one. Ah, uh, don't hats don't fit me. <laughs> my my abnormally large head. I I am if if I was twenty years younger, twenty years. If I was thirty years younger. I would be the protagonist for a fucking indie game. Like big head, big head, small child, lots of danger. Uh, <laughs> I was on Twitch one time and uh, there was someone who usually streams. What does she stream? Oh, what was I mad into for a while? I can't remember. Maybe it was PUBG or some, or maybe it was Tarkov. Uh, but coming up to Christmas, she just started to like picking random ass games to stream. Uh, and one of them was a marble run game, but it was specifically... Oh, yeah, marbles on stream. Yeah. Is that what it is? And everybody's name who's in the stream at the moment just gets put on a marble. So if yes. there's 20 people watching, it's just 20 pe- twenty marbles appear, all with your names on them, and then it's a pure physics game. But if there's like 50 people, it's absolutely I've seen it. Chaos. I've seen it with thousands. I've seen it with like 2,000 people. And it's... it Like, usually she's chatting away or she's concentrating on the game. And I've never seen someone more animated trying to say everybody's name because that's cool. It's cool to hear your own name. So she's like, oh, and they, like you, there were all ones falling in lava and everything. It wasn't just that you didn't make it like if you could at any point in the game just be completely taken out of it. So she was trying to say everybody who died as well, just to make sure she caught everyone. Uh, and the, the chaos of it all, it was great. stuff. <laughs> that stuff was amazing. There was actually like, it's weird seeing what media people are drawn to. Again, we're coming back to the Corona thing, which I hate, but it's just so fucking overbearing on life right now. Yeah. There's a streamer that I follow. I just hit the table there. I apologize. You're good. There's a streamer that I follow. Um, he was a came up through survival games, Daisy stuff like that. He was PUBG pro for TSM. Uh, his name's Smack. Um, he's one of the guys who kind of 
inspired me is the wrong word, mm-hmm. but motivated me to get into streaming because it was one of the first guys I came across who was it wasn't just all hyperactive and yelling at it's the your screen. boy. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Very chill, very relaxed, sarky sense of humor. I was like, this is perfect. But um he's gotten pissed off at like streaming games the last few months just because he's just like not really enjoying anything right now. Yeah. Which is, you know, like you get fatigue every so often, that's perfectly normal. So he was like, I have some ideas. I'm going to try something out. So yesterday for four and a half, nearly five hours, he streamed him out on a river in Texas fishing. Oh, that's great. And I don't mean like stationary. I mean, he was on a boat. He had a backpack that had a set, a special rig set up in it. He had a wrist mounted fo- uh, thing for his phone so he could read chat. He has like this kayak that he has, like a fishing kayak that he uses and has like the three rods like mounted onto it with different bait types and stuff like that. And there's him and one of his friends and his friends on his own boat. And they spent like four or five hours like just cruising down the river, like super chill, nothing, you know, like you couldn't see him on screen. You could hear him. He was chatting because it was shoulder mounted camera. Right. And, you know, he's just chatting away and all the rest and shooting the shit. And there was like 900 people in there watching it. And it was just, it was like, there were so many people who were just like, I can't get outdoors now. And you're outdoors. This is amazing. And I was just like, it was so chill and just such a great bit of escapism. And I, I was like, I love that. That there's all this, like, I don't know if you've seen your man, um, Gary Witta, the writer. Um, so he wrote um, Book of Eli. Yes. And yeah. he's worked on other stuff as well. But like Book of Eli was his main, uh, was like his first big one. Uh, Australian guy. He's been hosting, um, he's been hosting a talk show on Animal Crossing. Really? So he goes on Twitch and he gets people to jump on Discord with him and jump onto that have Animal Crossing, and they join and they come his, to his island. island. Yeah. yeah, and he has had like it started off. He was getting like streamers and stuff on, and then word got out that um, Elijah Wood is a huge Animal Crossing player, and Elijah Wood was on, just shooting the shit. That's great. Talking about stuff, and you know, like enjoying himself and all the rest while playing Animal Crossing. And now that, like, I think the next episode has Sting on it. That's amazing. And, like, it's it's insane, the people he's had on. Um, let's see if I can find it here. The, he's done um, the... Where are we? I'm loving seeing... There's some artists I like to follow and they're all playing Animal Crossing. I'm one real goth horror artist Trevor Henderson is playing Animal Crossing and you can make your own clothes and stuff so he's all he's all made these hor- horrific clothes which in the Animal Crossing world is just so cute it's so amazing <laughs> like if he's made a, a black t-shirt with a giant eyeball on it it just comes across as so cute in his world it's um yeah like it, it's it's mad the appeal to that it's sold somewhere in the region of um 13 million copies madness um so let me see. He's, he uh, so June first, he's having Shaggy on. <laughs> Fair. June yeah. June eighth is Sting. I love wrestling. He's had T Pain on. Nice. Um, just see the other ones. He's uh, and he's had the likes of like Mike Hulick and stuff like that from Penny Arcade. Um. Because it started off with him. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, Danny Trejo. Oh, amazing. Uh, <laughs> Danny Trejo is becoming an official correspondent for it. That's great. So he's going to occasionally just like every couple of episodes will have updates on how his island is going. Oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's absolutely nuts that there's all this like new media. It's like people were like, we can't have proper talk shows anymore. And a guy was like, Huh. And he's looking at Animal Crossing and going, man, I wish I had a talk show. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I love that this is all coming I, about because of this. It's just such a, an interesting approach. Like, I think it'll keep going as well because I was, I was talking to someone recently who has literally logged years. If, if you take it as like a work day, has logged years in World of Warcraft. And he's saying that like he logs in uh, uh, like it's a social media account now. He logs in just to chat to people. He logs in to do all this stuff. That he's just online on World of Warcraft. He boots up his computer and that's what he's in. 
Uh, it's just going to be the same for Animal Crossing. It's going to be, yeah, we'll do talk shows in there. We'll, we'll chat to people. Like, that's that's how it will work. Yeah, and I think it's just because people are... Um, like, I don't think a lot of people realize yet that how much this has, this will change stuff in the future. Yeah. You just... People will not go back to the way things were. That's not yeah. going to happen. And... This is one of these like adapt or die moments for businesses and stuff like that. And not just for business, but also for entertainment in various entertainment forms. Mm. I honestly don't know what's going to happen with concerts. Yes. It's going to be a like, weird fucking That's thing, right? the one that terrifies me because like there's so many bands. There's like a good gig was one of the few things you could actually get me to leave the house for. Mm. I don't like it'll never go away. And same with stand up. There's certain things where you need the energy of the room as well. You could argue that, well, I just do stand up via Zoom. It's like, nah, nah, you're missing so much. Same with concerts. Like, you. But, a, a, like, I mean, there's a lot of. Um, a lot of streamers out there as far like they're entertaining enough to be comedy. Yeah. But it's a different, it's a different energy. But it's like, it's still got the improv thing. You're feeding back on what's happening yeah, yeah. right there. And then it's less scripted. That's definitely true. I just, I'm not sure how it, um, I'm not sure how, in what form, particularly big arena tours. I don't know mm. in what form they survive. Also big stuff like, um, well, obviously America and the UK will still have them because they're fucking idiots. But I mean, the, you know, and, and I appreciate some of our listeners might be from there. If you're not going out, if you're properly maintaining social distancing, if you're wearing a mask in public, well done. If you're not, uh, fuck you. Yeah. Um, but so, it's just, I don't know, I'm not sure how these things are going to survive. Like, TV series, I think, will, will still run their course. Mm. Um, I just think that you might see the scale of them sl- slightly decrease. Uh, I've just to try and limit the amount of people on set at any one time. I yes, think that's absolutely. going to be a thing you're going to see. But in terms of, like, like the type of series I think that you could see excelling in future is stuff like The Expanse, where there's only ever eight to ten people on the set at once. Like mm. that, you can see obviously there's the crew and all the rest, but it still allows them to keep them in smaller numbers. Um, so, so I, I was interesting listening to somebody who was saying that he was on a bunch of TV shows because he was a, a he was an expert in some I don't know fucking um, something that he was always being brought onto different shows. So he would be on this badger news. bothering, yeah, something like that. Why not? Uh, but he would be like an expert that's brought on to different news channels to talk about X, Y, or Z. But then would also get brought on to um, like the talk shows, all this kind of stuff. And then would also be brought on to like weird little internet vignettes like Adam Ruins Everything and stuff like that where it's just some quickfire stuff. And he was saying the big news shows that he was on, all there was no camera crews. It was all things on cranes. Automated. All things wheeling in and out because they know what the tracking, they know everything is going to be done so much they can purely automate it. There's going to be no surprises. And he was saying that they could just keep doing that. Like, he's been on a news program since then where, like, he was saying that the two casters were sitting there just apart from each other, and he was chatting away to them, and he was like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm zooming in, but there they might just be the only two people in that room. Like, that's insane. Mm. And he was saying for the little internet things, there could be 30 people in a room with you, because they can't automate anything. Everything needs to be, like, they're nearly filming it in the writer's room, Everybody's on top of everyone. They only have one space. So there's going to be some just craziness to see what shakes out of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's automation. Like, like drones might become very important yeah. in a non, you know, blowing up a school in, in some uh, Middle Eastern country kind of way. Like, I think that's, th- that could be like, you'll start seeing a lot more use of drones for filming and stuff like that. Yeah. Which should be definitely one way doing it. Um, the unions will all piss themselves over it. Yes, absolutely. But I mean, there, that's that's something you'll get from film and TV is that all of the production companies will start testing the unions soon. And the, we already had it with like um, cinemas and stuff like that, where Disney are starting to push stuff out and say, "Yeah, we'll just release a few things," and they're like, "Well, or we'll put stuff straight onto streaming, or we'll do this, this, this." And it's like, "Oh, we all had agreements." I was like, yeah, but things are different now. Let's let's see what we can get away and with. It's there's also the whole thing of like a lot of the cinemas aren't open. So yeah. it's like you're not open. Yeah. Like we have a backlog that runs for a year and a half. And if we wait until you reopen, you're not gonna be able to show everything at once. <laughs> is their that. logic. 
is their argument. The, but it's, I love the idea of uh, Disney laying it out for someone. It's like, we need to release the next Mulan live-action movie because the only reason we're making these live-action movies is to keep copyright. Like These are big movies that are functionally an Ashcan comic that yeah, we are using. That's why they're redoing everything into live-action. Yeah, because we need to have a movie out for Beauty and the Beast so that we can hang on to all of the the copyright on all of everything we've ever made ever. Yeah. It's really annoying because I like Snow White and the Huntsman. I like Shirley Theron. <laughs> Thought it was real stylish. Yeah, it's just every second one of those know. is good. <laughs> I think like the thing is as well as like so gaming our industry will have this thing where apparently nothing will be much like they're saying most things this year won't be affected. Yeah, like anything that did ha- that like software wise that, that is. We don't know what's going to happen with the new console generation because um, just availability and all the rest. Um, I'm not sure that's going to go. But it's gaming next year is the issue. Yeah. Because trying to get motion capture done, trying to get voice acting done. Lance Reddick posted a thing on Twitter the other day that he was recording new lines for Destiny in his wardrobe because he was like, it's the quietest place in the house. And he says, they just sent me the equipment out and I've set it up and I'm doing voice lines. And it's, but he basically had to turn his like walk-in wardrobe into a recording booth. That's great. And then like there's, you see the people having to record in their car because it's quieter than anywhere in their house. Because it's a contained unit inside a contained unit because it's in their garage or something like that. It's just like, but for like large scale productions, Someone has to record fifty hours of dialogue for, or you know, maybe twenty hours of dialogue for for a game, or has to do, yep. you know, four hours of motion capture work, and you have to go and like be in a studio. And there's like people don't understand like motion capture. Yeah, it's one guy with a load of balls strapped to a suit, and like forty guys around him. Yep, it's not a small thing. So, it's yeah, it's, it's just uh, there was a great one. Uh, they did the community table read where they got all the actors back together to do it. Now, I didn't know that we were just going to do an old episode. I thought they were going to do something new, but it was mm. cool to see everyone. And it was Dan Harmon literally in his wardrobe, like those suits hanging around him where it was just him being like, yeah, I'm not going to pretend I'm <laughs> I've got a booth. Yeah. No, this is where I am. Uh, and if you'll indulge me for a minute to talk about RuPaul, we're coming up to uh, uh, the end of a season of RuPaul's Drag Race. So like this week was the... I, o- I only know them because of the, the fracking. Look on. <laughs> the, the this week was the penultimate episode uh, and there was one queen who was eliminated early because she was described as a bedroom queen in that all she would do is just like do her makeup and then just go on Instagram and go on social media and be talking to people and she didn't have the performance chops and didn't have all this kind of stuff and I was fine she just she was a younger queen and like was eliminated early and the last episode they did had to be everybody in their own house doing their own makeup and stuff. And this one queen was like rubbing her hands together and be like, ah, look at you motherfuckers. Suddenly we're all bedroom queens. <laughs> Suddenly everyone has to fucking figure out how to do this over Zoom. Uh, and the next episode is going to be the, fi- the finale where they have the three main queens who are just going to have to perform in their own house and just figure something the fuck out. Uh, yeah. And it's real fun seeing people who are like maybe not as put together as they usually are. And I'm like, yo, what's up? It's like, well, I went to visit my parents when this all started and I'm stuck in fucking Virginia and not New York where I live. So I'm wearing my mum's clothes today. So if there ever was a stereotype, you can, you wanted to make fun of me, you can just lean into it now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how much it's, the impact it's having. And I get, I get it that like, you know, media is not as vital as you know, just day-to-day life yeah, yeah, and, you know, all the rest. But at the same time, it's, it's there's an awful lot of money in it. Oh, yeah. An awful lot of money in it. Yep. Um, gaming especially. A lot of people don't, outside of gaming don't realize how much money actually is made by gaming. Yep. Like, the fact that it blows away, like, TV and film combined, it's like, ha, get away. Yeah. Sorry, it's like, what, what was your biggest opening weekend? Was, was it only 400 million? Peasants. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's a lot of that. Like it's 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 kind of crazy. Um, and I'm just it's I don't know. Like it's everything's kind of all up in the air because of this. And it it has changed what I wanted to watch. Uh, like definitely. Uh, 
Um, Adam Savage is a really good one where he seems to be doing it really well. He is, the uh, as mentioned previously, the dude from Mythbusters. He is near his shop and he's got famously Adam's Cave somewhere in San Francisco. And it is just where he would do all his work. And it is full of old movie props and half finished projects and stuff. So every day on test, he's just put something up and he's like, here's the fucking, here's something I made for Star Wars. I worked in Industrial Light and Magic. Here's something I made for Phantom Menace. And it's like, here's, here's some other job I did. Or I made the fucking Weibo robot from Flubber. Here's like, here's some story about that. And then here's just me assembling Lego for two hours. And I was like, oh, I'll watch all the prop videos because I'm interested, but I'm not going to watch him assemble Lego for two hours. And then like an hour and 40 minutes later, I realized I am watching him assemble yeah. Lego. It's, I think there's just like even um, one of the Tarkov streamers that I follow, um, an incredibly entertaining guy called Cotton. And he does a lot of like survival games, Tarkov, Deadside and stuff like that. And even lately, yeah. he's just been kind of like, let's go play Minecraft. Yeah. Now, his knowledge of Minecraft is fucking encyclopedic. This It's clear this guy was playing it a long time before he started streaming. And he knows a hell of a lot about the game. But at the same time, it's just like, I just want something colorful. Yep. I just want something chill. And that's not like end of the world. And like we mentioned this before, it's just... Yeah, it's weird. Like My, my nephews, when they're talking about Minecraft... I, I love listening to them and I love calling them out in something where they just drift a little bit because they're like, and then I got a sword made of diamonds. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I was like, then I killed a pig man. I was like, oh, I heard they added those. And then I got a fist made of lava. And I was like, well, first of all, that's bullshit. There's no such thing as a fist made of lava. Don't try, don't fuck with me on this. It's like, Do you know no. who I am? Yeah. Uh, and they're like trying to show me their, their world. And I was like, why did you build an entire building out of TNT? What is this? Oh, you're killing me here. <laughs> Blow that up in two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> It's like you're in the world with your brother and you haven't blown that off. That's insane. I don't know. I think that's a form of chicken. It's the whole thing of yeah. you make it too easy to destroy and they're just not going to bother. That's it. Oh, you've taken all you've taken all the fun out of it. No, but I want you to blow me up. No, 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 no. I'm just yeah. no. You're making they it made, weird now. They made it, a, blow me up. They made a house full of TNT and pink wool and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, what? I don't understand. It's like it's where I keep all my donkeys. And one of our friends who plays loves donkeys. And if he does blow it up, he kill all the donkeys. It's <laughs> like, oh no, this is terrifying. <laughs> Didn't actually know there was donkeys in the game. There's there's a lot of new stuff in there. There's a, there's a lot of new stuff. There's there's something that um, I didn't know about uh, until uh, one of my friends died from it repeatedly. They've put in a thing there where if you don't sleep on your character for several days, you for like three in-game days, this thing appears in the sky. Oh, like, yeah. It's like a giant manta ray and it just attacks you. Yeah. But you have no idea because it's directly above you. And like, I'm like walking along and one of my mates is on the server and she just gets killed. It's Adrian used to be on the show and she's, yeah. like, and she's like, the fuck was that? And I'm like, I've never even heard of that thing. Best of luck to you. <laughs> like, and then she's like, she's like, Dave, is there, there's a, there's an animal here. It's pretty big. And I'm like, well, if it's an animal, it's it's a cow or it's a pig or it's a sheep or it's a dog. She's like, oh, okay. And then she walks closer to it and it's like, Aiden has been killed by a polar bear. And I'm like, oh, wow, they had a polar bear. It's just like, <laughs> oh, fuck you, great. I'm dead. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> I love how they keep the whole... playing. The game's 11 years old. It's ridiculous. I know. There's the whole under the sea world and I'm just sitting there looking going, I don't know how to get there. Like, I'm sure there's an enchantment or something. It's like, yeah. I wouldn't know where to begin to go see the undersea place. Like, Jesus. Wept. Yeah, there's so much in it. Like, but, but it's a colourful game. And it's comforting it to a lot of people. Like like I was saying, like, I have no inclination to play, to watch new media. and I, That's kind of bad for a podcast about media. But at the same time, it's just... Life is too shit right now. And I just want to just be like, let's just go with the familiar and the comfortable. Like, yeah. like I literally restarted Assassin's Creed Odyssey, a game that is you could easily put a hundred hours into. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I just want to play it again. I've got and, two like, days off. Know. Two days off this week. I'm going to start some game, and I probably I'll probably just keep going with Deus Ex or something. But there's, I just need a game that I can play for ages. But I might like knowing that there's a, a DLC coming for Control. I might just start playing that again because I was at a real comfortable place where nothing in the game could stop me. I could just drift from room to room trying to get the last few secrets. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, like, there's, I have to say, there's no, there's people I know who are like, man, I got all these new games and I just don't want to play any of them and I feel really bad. It's like, don't. Nothing is normal right now. Yeah. Just don't feel bad about 
Yeah. Like, you shouldn't feel about, bad about most things that are, you're doing differently now. Granted, if you start cannibalizing pe- people <laughs> who live in your house, maybe feel a little bit bad about it. Or maybe yeah. not. They might be assholes. I don't know. But, if you're not wearing I mean, a mask, go to town. <laughs> well, you got to take the mask off to eat them. I mean, yeah. it's the tricky part. But at least as long as, so, as, long as you're indoors. Hmm. I, uh, the other day I was like, I can go out and go outside for a walk. And I was like, it's a beautiful day. So I was like, I am going to walk into the deepest like recesses of Phoenix Park and have my dinner, like have a little picnic. So I was walking along and the amount, because it was a lovely day, the amount of people, I had to walk five kilometers into the park to find a bench out on a little bluff that there was no one around that I could actually like have a bite to eat and mm-hmm. then walk back. And I was like looking at my phone afterwards going, oh my God, I've walked 15k today. Out, and then like the previous days was, you've taken 200 steps to the day like <laughs> you've taken 1500 steps or 50,000 steps yeah. and I was like alright cheers yeah it's there is no normal no nope. so but um, I don't know that was just us rambling I, yeah. I'm fine we might have to edit a little bit to the episode out but <laughs> hey and you know what if, just... if you if people are just relying on stuff that gives them comfort and if you've been listening like to this podcast since the like early days or and like that Thank you so much. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for kind of... Uh, it, it is something that is comforting to me to record these and just have some semblance of normality when yeah. I have no fucking clue what day it is at any given moment. It's, it's you know, I, I, I have to be at my PC for work five days a week and then yeah. outside of that, the only thing I have to do is this. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's just something to be like, oh yeah, I should probably do that now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I Like, there's a little green area outside our kitchen like you open the the screen door into four walls and i just found myself cleaning that the other day <laughs> I was like, what am i doing i'm cleaning the outdoors what the fuck Can we wrap it up there i think so thanks everybody Thank for, for sticking with our rambling thoughts well i i, I imagine we'll have topics next one it's just today yeah. it was just a brain fart <laughs> it's fine you're We're, allowed to have them yeah that is that is the more that is the theme of this episode you can just have a fucking brain fart sometimes and muddle through it'll be fine don't second guess yourself alright cheers all take care guys